old man noises. <laughs> Get them all out, Mike. Wow. <laughs> That's an old man noise. <laughs> we all have our individual noises. Mm-hmm. Is it what I find funny is that um, all the stuff that all the noises my dad used to make that I'd be like, what is that? I, I, <laughs> You're I doing them? them. Yeah, I just spotted my brother making them about five years ago and now I'm. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are the twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast, Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizzell, and on Saturdays we give you a show with a guest on to talk about their favorite segment as well as their own history with the show. You just got one with Jojo from Tokyo, who sounds like uh, Hugh Grant and <laughs> uh, I think made us all a little, uh, got us all a little turned on. For the Brits. Um, probably it was one of the best shows we've done. So go listen to that. What are you doing here? This is going to be nonsense. So go listen to JoJo. Um, but this is the Monday show where we give you a recap of last week's TBTL episodes. I'm back in the captain's chair this week as Bobby is busy giving a soulful handy to the ghost of Marvin Hamlish, but no <laughs> one should podcast alone. So all the way from Everett, Washington is the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, Steve Hello. Wise. Hello, Mike. And on the mic from the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex is Meredith Eminem Mayhem. Uh, Mayhan. Hello, Meredith. Hi, Mike. You know, ladies, I'm glad it's just you and me this week as we're fast approaching the holidays. Guys, if you're always stumped on what gifts to get the women in your life, consider that dilemma over. What you can get your sister or mom or the receptionist in your office who seems too shy to engage you in conversation What's better than a subscription to MeUndies? It's a gift that lets them know that their comfort and underwear situation is never far from your thoughts. Every month, MeUndies sends the lady an interesting array of underwear uh, that you've selected, and they're free to try out or send back, no questions asked. So far, all my gifts have been returned unopened, but hey, with MeUndies, it's her option, and that's what's important. We know you have a choice in female underbritches, and we appreciate you considering MeUndies. Go to MeUndies right now and enter the promo code CLIPCLOP for an extra 20% savings this holiday season. Get in the zone, the MeUndies zone. All right, so today's show, um, we have a little bit of LRB business, then we'll do our weekend review. Of course, we always have a little housekeeping which we where we beg you to buy stuff and do stuff for us, and we'll tell you how to get involved. So... Uh, the LRB business, this is, I think, the last chance that we have to tell people about the uh, party like it's 1999. Christy, you, as one of the hosts, along with uh, Phyllis and Bobby, tell us about what's going on on Friday. Um, Friday, we're having a pre-funk party at the Mandarin Gate, and everyone should come. Where is Start the Mandarin say- Gate, and, uh, and how can they uh, get the details on this party? Um, the Mandarin Gate, I guess I'll say the address. Is that what you're wanting? Um, mm, you could just give the approximate location in case people are, you know, uh, they're around the Seattle area, but they just don't know where they're going. You know what I mean? Because they can go off, to get this details on Facebook if they want. Right. It's uh, off Aurora in a terrible mini mall. 
uh, where most of the businesses have closed, um, <laughs> except there's a movie. We just went there the other day and a Starbucks closed down that used to be there. I've never seen a Whoa. Starbucks close. No, usually they open one right across the street right, and do exactly. just as well. And they do just as fine. Yeah, it's the Starbucks is actually closed. There's maybe like one of those Pony Expresses, the Mandarin Gate. An IHOP and a movie theater, and well, then the, the movie theater is still open. The Oak Tree theaters are still yes. operating. Yes, hmm. as far as I know. I mean, hmm. that could change by the time by Friday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I used to do a lot of drinking in that theater. That's a <laughs> it's a great place. Great place to go uh, see a film. The Oak Tree Theater. So it's eight p.m. on Friday. All right, Mike. Do you and... want to talk about our Dallas party? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Let Let's talk about it. Um, I'm. I, I know the address. And and the time are up on the uh, Dallas Tex Ten page, uh, but I, I there's not a lot of awareness about this. In fact, uh, Meredith, someone followed me on Twitter the other day, and I noticed that he was from he said East Dallas, and I sent him a DM, and he had no idea this was going on. So um, sell it. Well, I sent Andrew an email early a couple days ago, um, hoping that he'll plug it on TBTL, but we can do it here too. So um, everybody should go to the Dallas Tex-10s Facebook page, and there's an event there. Listener Ashley is going to be hosting at her house. And one of the selling points, which which really uh, pulled me in, was that she lives about a mile down the street from that pickle-flavored <laughs> vodka place. <Right>. So <laughs> I think we should pre-party there, head over to Ashley's house and listen to the show. All right, pickled vodka, and uh, and the, in the Dallas Metroplex. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Emily and I are driving up on Saturday, and we're going to go to that. And we're staying at the Mayhans' uh, house, and we appreciate your hospitality there. You're always welcome. All right. Um, what's Ashley's last name? She won our uh, contest. Ashley, Gillian. I don't know Gillian. Oh, Gillian. yeah, she's my favorite. Yeah, yeah she's, she's, she's my favorite archivist. Mm-hmm. This week, she's my favorite. Yeah, so uh, we will make her archive the show while we were there. Oh, I like make it. Make her print out the little sheet that people seem to have and fill out all the things because, you know, we won't leave until she's properly submitted the Yeah, form. she's on her seventh week. <laughs> Goodness wow. gracious. Way mm-hmm. to go, Ashley. All right. Uh, so here we are, the week in review. Now, everyone, forgive me. I don't take as good notes as Bobby. I don't, I'm not. Uh, I'm not quite the student of TBTL that he is, but I'll do my best. So bear with me. The first thing that uh, irritated me about Monday, 1992, <laughs> this town is a like a Morrissey song. Is Andrew said he was talking about some time in the past where he'd gotten very drunk or drunk and high or wasted or whatever. And he said he got rip shit. That's not a thing. Have you ever, either one of you ever heard that rip shit? I've heard ripped. Yeah. I I don't think so. Yeah. It doesn't fit in with his no swearing either. He's doing a pretty bad job of that this week. He has, he has a sword a lot. Sword. (laughs) Sword. He swore a lot this week. Oh, you're going to get sharp shot on that. uh, Grammar. (laughs) You're going to be in trouble for that. But uh, the thing about saying rip shit is not only is he violating his swearing policy, but he's he's doing it for a word that doesn't exist. You, you don't have to do that. You know, just. Oh, you know what? I just looked it up on Urban Dictionary thinking that's where he got it from since mm-hmm. that's his. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, word of the day. Yeah. It <laughs> says it's used as a verb and to convey emotions of extreme anger. Yep. 
Oh, so, so he was using actually... it wrong then, right? <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's it's an Urban Dictionary word that he's using wrong. Well, it's never too early to to jump on Andrew, so I'm glad I got it got at it right away on Monday. Uh, Luke's basement is flooded, which we will find out more about as the week goes on. And he is hung over. I can't remember. Uh, why was he hung over on a Monday morning? What was the, did he, did he go out or did he just. Wasn't it football? Oh, yeah. right. There was a, a late game. Oh, yeah. Why do yes, I know that Sunday guys? Come on. <laughs> oh, uh, mayhem. You revealed yourself last night as a sports fan when you send us a direct message about hockey. You were at the hockey game and you yes, used all the correct terminology for what was puck. going on. I used goal. I think that's it. Those are right. Mm -hmm. I did it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. If you just said something like five hole or top shelf, I would have I would have just completely unmasked you as a sports fan. But I used to know short. what icing meant. I don't really anymore, <laughs> but I used to know. Well, it's that important counts for just, something. Just yell it out like like Emily yells offsides when whenever there's a football game on. Just yell out <laughs> icing. And okay. People will just assume you know what you're talking about. I'll be right some of the time. Yeah, exactly. One out of every 10 times. Got, yeah, she really knows her mm -hmm. hockey. Mm -hmm. Look at her. Yep. Uh, Ross Reynolds of um, Seattle Public Radio fame. Ha he keeps a laminated card or something in his wallet that's, that, uh, that tells him that if everything goes sideways, there's no guest, there's nothing to talk about, there's no news that he's going to talk about. Uh, ask, he will ask the listeners if bowling is a sport. <laughs> I don't why do you need to keep that in your wallet? It's not that complicated of a concept. <laughs> no, right? right, right. Like if if you have to keep that uh, so handy, maybe broadcasting isn't the isn't the thing for you, Ross. Uh, he's been on a long time, though. I, I what I find in uh, at least sports radio, Christy. Maybe you listen to a little sports radio, but whenever they're completely out of ideas, what they always bring up is should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> that's the go-to it's the laziest well if he's in the hall of fame what would he do with this card table in vegas casino <laughs> just, they just move him inside they just one day they're just gonna swing the door open and then just nod to him and come on pete move the card table in here yeah. well what's really <laughs> funny about that that spoof is that i have seen him in a casino with a card table <laughs> Of course, oh. with my own eyes. It's funny because it's true because <laughs> right. he does travel around like that and try to make 10 bucks, you know, on every little thing he signs. I would do it if I were him. Hell yeah. Those those bull haircuts aren't cheap. <laughs> uh, Luke talks about the changes that are happening with Livewire. They're going to just be recording one a week and they are moving to a smaller venue in Portland and uh, I I think this is a good idea because Me too. I think the um, I mean they have good crowds. I listen to Livewire a lot, and they have good crowds. But the bigger the crowd gets, the further behind the joke they get. You have to wait longer for your reaction, especially you know. I mean, with the musical acts, it's it's fine, but when you are um, doing an interview or there's a comedian there. It just takes longer for conversation and jokes to process to the crowd. So I think it's a good idea if, if they can take the hit in in ticket sales. It's a good idea as far as the quality of the show. Do either one of you listen to a lot of Livewire? I I have off and on. What I didn't like about them about their format is that it Luke would talk about a show and then it wouldn't post for a really long time. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think that this is a much better idea. Yeah, I listened to us. the Jen episode because I just miss Jen so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that one got a lot like near perfect attendance from mm-hmm. the tens, but uh, yeah, I think it's a good move overall. And I, but it sounds like it's risky to me, but you know, if they, if they want a bigger audience into, they might not be selling out the theater though. We don't know that. They they were sometimes not selling out that other theater. Um, but this is going to be a significantly smaller crowd. So yeah. yeah. More intimate. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I wrote down a note, a note that said recording talk, but I have no idea. I think they were, I think it was, um, they weren't even sure if they were getting the <laughs> Monday show recorded. Is that? Well, Luke recall? wasn't recording or necessarily, he wasn't sure. And he said sometimes no, he thinks he I thought shouldn't. That it was, I thought that it was Andrew's recording stopped because his card was full. Oh, and yeah. Luke said he was going to back up, but he usually lies about it. <laughs> and that day he had said he was doing it and had contemplated lying, but pushed record instead. Why would what? you even think about not? Re- I mean, what's the benefit <laughs> of this? I don't understand. I don't, Is it that hard? Why would to he do? lie? You and just push Andrew a button. was like, why would you lie about that? <laughs> it's so weird. Maybe he didn't want to keep filling up his card if he was pretty sure that Andrew was always recording. Or he didn't want to lean forward, as we know. That's what I think. <laughs> the I chair. think he didn't want to do We're it. Back he didn't want to chair. do the five minutes of setup. <laughs> yeah, I think you nailed it, actually. Um, so then the uh, the top story was, of course, the Paris attacks that happened over last weekend. And Luke made the ridiculous assertion that there should be no media coverage. Cover Ugh, terrible. Don't ever co- don't talk about it, and then it won't happen. And that works Andrew- in every third world country. <laughs> That's exactly how we got someone pregnant. Just don't talk about it, and it won't happen. <laughs> Andrew was trying to be so kind in completely dismissing this notion, yeah. but his frustration was telling. And I think he got frustrated a few times during the week at some of Luke's ideas. Yeah. Now I know how you mm-hmm. guys feel when I bring ideas. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, uh, no real, no real logic behind it. Um, Andrew talked about how he does, how he doesn't want the personal details of the attacks, how he skips over, like um, descriptions of the people that were killed and their families and the, the interactions that they had, you know, before or during the attacks. Uh, I have to say I am kind of in that boat too, because it's kind of like, I don't, I don't like to watch movies where people are getting blown up or killed or I'm, um, mm-hmm. I definitely, you know, don't want to hear the details on the real. Yeah. It's kind of upset. I mean, it makes it a lot more personal and a lot more upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I kind of think it's important, though. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that it's out there. People. I'm not going Luke on it and saying, yeah, let's not yeah. talk about it. Let's not do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't report it. You just don't want to consume it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm not going to consume it, probably. Um, Jihadi John. They talked about Jihadi oh John. And uh, who? which one of them was, was it? I think it was Luke that doesn't like it that these guys get hip cool nicknames even though yeah. they're doing horrible things mike did you have a a nickname uh an fbi nickname 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. And I didn't find it out until um, quite a way down the road. I can't sure. I'm not sure if it was Barb that brought it to my attention or my friend John, uh, not Jihadi John, but John Hedegaard. But uh, I was called, <clears throat> excuse me, Doughboy. What? Uh, not because I was fat, because at the time I was not fat. I was called Doughboy because I was stealing money and I was a young person i was younger i guess than oh dough as in money. oh dough is yeah. okay not as in doughy or as in you know has worked a long time in the pizza business <laughs> <laughs> because if they knew that they could have caught me sure um yeah i was Doughboy. boy i i wish it had been better i wish it had been like <gasps> cool cat or or you know handsome guy but right. no, it was Doughboy. so like we we can't change these things I could have lied about it, like yeah, Luke, and, and the record button, but mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't. So, uh, TBTL extra pointless. Um, I I don't know how far to get into sports with y'all today, but since Mayhem outed herself last night as a sports fan, I, I guess we can talk about a little <laughs> bit about this. Uh, I didn't want to break it to Andrew, but um, the how the Cleveland Browns game unfolded last Sunday was they were playing the Steelers and the Steelers quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger was not going to play. He had a, uh, an ankle injury and the backup quarterback for Pittsburgh got hurt pretty quickly in the game. And they just put, they put big Ben in and big Ben just played the rest of the game and soundly thrashed the Cleveland Browns. And uh, Andrew was puzzling over uh, how could he, how could he just come in and be fine and they win the game? Well, the thing is, Andrew, they knew they were going to beat the Browns, even if Meredith had been playing quarterback. <laughs> so they were just going to hold Big Ben out for that game. And then when their backup quarterback got hurt, they were like, all right, I guess we have to play him. And then Big Ben. Were they just giving and, him a rest? Yes, they were yeah. just giving him a rest because they had that little respect for Cleveland. But that thought never crossed uh, Andrew's mind or Luke's mind. It was the first thing that crossed my mind was they were really just um, giving him another week off. He might have had a long night of raping the night before, and yeah, so true. he needed a little rest. Yeah, digital rape takes takes a lot out of a big fella <laughs> like like uh, Ben. Um. Luke made a mistake, which he got sharp shot for later in the week. So I won't dwell on it too much. The Gus Bradley situation, he embarrassed himself, but, but he, he did, uh, he did get corrected. Uh, What didn't get corrected or, or actually did get corrected in the moment, but Andrew didn't suffer enough grief for it was when he said during the extra pointless, um, he said, he asked why when a Pittsburgh player had scored a touchdown and done a flip in the end zone, why they didn't strip him of the ball and recover the fumble during the celebration. Um, Hadn't he already made the touchdown there? Yeah, I described this to Emily the other day, and, and, and even she knew that once the player is in the end zone and celebrating, the touchdown is over. And you, <laughs> you will get the ball back, You have, but you have to wait for them to kick it to you. There, I mean, there, is, there are those blooper reels or whatever of the people celebrating and they hadn't made it yeah yeah and and there are there are also um instances of players who are celebrating the end zone where the opponent takes exception to it and tackles them or 
you know, (laughs) but none of it, none of that prevents the the touchdown. So, um, boy, that one got to me. I was really yelling at that one. Uh, Luke has a good point. End zone cameras, uh, like goal line cameras and chips in the end of the football. This is all good and would have prevent uh, the previously mentioned rapeless burger from from getting that fake touchdown in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. back in the day when I was yeah. in Detroit. Mm-hmm. The the few days that I've ever been in Detroit. Um, then 1992. We're, this is the week where we're doing the songs from the year. So. Monday shows 1992. So they played the song Mr. Big to be with you, which mm-hmm. I haven't heard in a long time. And it was actually pretty thrilling. Mm-hmm. It was right. Yeah. I I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I was swept away. This week is a week. I listened to the whole end song. Yeah. yeah. I got really excited. They were good. There should be, they should come up with a reason every week that, to make the end ending song not a fuck you to the listeners. <laughs> I think we all enjoyed this week, you know, where they weren't just whimsically putting something up like Alanis Morissette and my lovely lady humps. Ugh. <sighs> Boy. All right. Tuesday, 1993 reverse, reverse lookism. Um, they discussed the Eminem ads, um, whether, the the strangely sexual nature of the M&M ad. Do, do, the, do those ads sell M&Ms? Do you guys really think that anyone consumes one more bag of M&Ms because of an ad like that? No, oh, I feel like candy and soda doesn't need to be advertised. Mm-hmm. People are going to drink it if they drink it. I guess the same with beer, right? Well, I think with, with like candy, especially candy, it's so ubiquitous. You You walk by it all the time when you're on the way out of the store, you know, through the checkout aisle. Uh, there's no way you're not aware of it. So I don't see right. the point of that. Soda to some lesser degree because it, you have to walk through that actual aisle. Beer, I think they do need to advertise because there's so much goddamn beer out there that I guess you have to differentiate, you know, which beer is going to get you to a wild pool party, which beer is going to, um, I don't know, or, or, you know, like all these stupid hard ciders and stuff. You need to sell me on that, you know? Because I'm not going to just go go make a beeline for it. Which beard is going to make my beard my beard grow? Yeah, big the, and bushy, right? Yeah, the beer the beer. It seems like that that advertising needs to happen. But but yeah, candy. Come on, am I am I going to get some candy? Yes or no. But <laughs> doesn't matter if I saw someone trying to fuck an M M&M. and M. Yeah, it it is really weird because. Um, if you listen to Andrew's other show, they, they get into it a little bit more. But the M&Ms being people that are at a party and then they talk about getting eaten. It's just so weird. And yeah. then the ones with the, the girl M&M are very sexual. Yeah. Um, and she's always green, right? And that's the play on yeah. the everybody thinking that green M&Ms are an aphrodisiac. Yeah. Yeah. Yuck. They're not. Does anyone remember where that <laughs> came from? Elementary school. <laughs> yeah, it's it's from a commercial from the seven late seventies, early eighties, and it was a kids talking about eating M and M's to play baseball better. Mike, do you probably remember this one? Well, and I then know- the kid picks up the and he goes, and the green ones, you get a home run, and so that's kind of oh. where that whole urban legend came from. Well, the. 
I don't know if you all know this, but it comes from actually my dad's generation. Amphetamines were called greenies and they, oh, they helped okay. you like play sports better, more alertly, more energetically, you know, basketball, baseball and football players would take what they call greenies and, and, you know, it, it wasn't like steroids. It, did, it wasn't a performance enhancer, like make you stronger or faster, but it made you more alert and gave you more energy. So maybe that played into it somehow. I don't know. I, I think that's maybe that's what they intended. Up that, that the M&Ms took from that. Yeah. 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 Little kids taking greenies. That's sad. Uh, my dad described to me one time, I, I guess he used them once and you know, his heart almost beat out of his chest because I think if you're a normal person, if you're involved in like playing basketball on a very high level, you should have enough adrenaline already. I don't right. think you, you need to take that stuff, but yeah, your heart's working hard enough. <laughs> right. Right. You're excited to be playing the game and you're also running up and down. So let's not explode the heart out of our chest by taking some stupid drugs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke's, uh, Luke's basement is flooding again. Um, this house, boy, can we stop for a second and talk about this house? This sounds like, I know we've <sighs> talked about it before, but I think this is finally the week where Luke admitted that this house is a disaster. Mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for Carrie. I feel really bad for Carrie. Did y'all see, um, uh, there was a post on the Stens page the other day where someone said, um, she was, she also, a listener is also remodeling a house in Bellingham and was, was wondering what she was going to say, uh, when she inevitably ran into Luke at Lowe's or the other hardware store in town and Carrie actually <laughs> oh, jumped yeah. in and said, uh, no, you're probably not going to run into Luke. You're going to run into me. <laughs> into me. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mind the tears streaming down my face or something yeah. like that. Right. Oh, yeah. Carrie. did you guys ever see the movie money pit? I yes. Did. When at the end, they just got divorced because it was just too much. I'm not making any projections. I'm just talking about a movie. My favorite part of that movie, there was no dialogue in the part that I liked the most. It was uh, Shelley Long and Tom Hanks, right? Mm -hmm. And like, was it? I, that's who I remember, but I I could be andering the situation. (laughs) Like the, Something happens like the bathtub from the third floor falls through to the second floor, second floor, and then falls through again after a short delay to the yeah. And, and they just look at each other, and they start laughing, you know, yeah. because you just how could this house be any worse? There's they can't even live in it. They bought a house they can't even live in, and they've been working on it. I don't understand how this was a surprise. That's what keeps baffling me. How, why did they buy it? Did they, I mean, I know he described the process of looking through it like twice, but he got a terrible inspection. So they didn't know about any of these problems, which is really a nightmare. Um, Well, and they came in and they, they, they got the house and they're ready to move in. They go, Oh, these, these ceilings, uh, these ceilings gotta go. So they take down the ceilings and then they go, Oh, these walls, the worst (laughs) walls come down. And now, now they look down and they go, Oh, these floors, floors, just, I can't take these floors. So really, why didn't they just knock the whole fucking thing down? (laughs) Start from the beginning. Start over. Yeah. 
Oh boy, I feel for him now. Now that he's admitted it, I actually feel for him. I was mad mm-hmm. for a long time that he was denying that it was a terrible house, but now, I, now that he's he's given in, I I feel bad. Well, he did um, say the water pouring into his basement is kind of clean, and you could drink it. So there's something. <laughs> he really bright sided that one. Yep. Yeah. Um, Luke apologized for the Monday show, uh, which I think was sort of valid. Monday show was was sort of a drag. Um, but he didn't apologize for the right things, which was him him getting <laughs> Gus Bradley wrong and Andrew <laughs> thinking they could tackle someone in the end zone and strip them mm-hmm. the ball or strip track. Uh, Andrew's dad. Everyone everyone got into this. Andrew's dad built the Andy Man Grill. He, How are we just finding out about I this? I don't know. I don't know. He has these gems, I think, and I'm I'm just dying to know what else he's got waiting in the wings yeah. for us. I think Andrew, with this and that just, bird, he's in denial that his dad was a broham, mm-hmm. and so the details always leak out. You go, your dad was a broham. He had a dune buggy. He had an above ground pool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he he was making barbecues out of barrels. Yeah. He, uh, Andrew's oh, just yeah, such a such just... a um, different person that I think he he lives in denial of that. Mm-hmm. They were building a giant fort, right? The fort is was that was that on Tuesday they talked about the fort? Or that, was that was later? Wednesday. Uh, well, we Wednesday, we can talk yeah. about it now. The fort, that fort. I was trying. I, I think I was having as hard a time picturing it as you were, Meredith. Um, yeah. Until even the schematic just kind of made me sad. Because it it just looked like he nailed some he nailed some wood to a telephone pole and then laid some wood on top of it so the kids could party like three or three and a half to four feet off the ground. Yep. <laughs> but did the dad do it? I thought it was Andrew and his friend. I think, I think his dad said, did the heavy lifting parts. Yeah, his dad did the engineering and the and the lifting. I think he let them hammer a few nails into the telephone pole or something. Yeah. So a great fort for a guy who's afraid of heights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that uh the, the schematic, I mean, he said it was a um what did they say, a swastika shaped swastika. Yeah. Fort. <laughs> that wasn't necessary at all. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they gave themselves code names. Uh, they were in a swastika fort. They were all white. Cat and Lewis, uh, right? Yeah, Cat and Lewis. But Lewis spelled L-U, right? No, I think his real name is L-O-U-I-S. and he. I wrote down L-E-W-I-S. The code name is L-E-W-I-S? Yeah. His real name. I thought it was L-O-U-I-S. I think mm. that's a real one. I don't know. Sharpshooters. We know, okay. we know, we know, we have sharpshooters out there, and you know who you are. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and let us know. You know what I liked about this whole conversation is Andy saying, "Oh, baby, Andy didn't have any friends. I built a fort with my friend, and then another friend. Yeah, like and he's got, got friends. And then, yeah, I think what happened is, I think we've talked about it before, is that he had friends, meaning the people that lived near him would come over and kind of use him." Mm-hmm. for all his cool stuff yeah and he didn't feel that they were actually his friend i mean he had that one friend that while he was at his house said oh no i'm gonna go play with like fun andy or skinny andy or whatever it was right um so it kind of was like not friends that not friends in the way luke had friends you know what yeah 
you just reminded me of something and it's totally true. I did the same thing when I was a kid. Um, I make fun of above ground pools, but uh, there was nobody since I grew up in, in the Seattle area, really nobody had pools. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was one kid in our neighborhood, John Steubenrock, and he had an above ground pool in his backyard and he was a weird kid and I didn't like him, but from late June to mid September, me and John Steubenrock, <laughs> we were buddies. <laughs> so I guess he was the Andy of our neighborhood. I think I just didn't like his beard. Um, <laughs> oh, the the biggest thing on Tuesday, my biggest takeaway on Tuesday was Andrew. He went in to get a tux to you know to get fitted for a tux, and he he didn't want to get a cheap one. So he was getting fitted for a decent one. They told him it was going to be 250 bucks and he backed out of it. And which I thought was a totally reasonable thing to do mm -hmm. uh, because mm -hmm. it's it a lot of money. It, it never sounded like he wanted to wear tux in the first place. It was more right. or less Luke's idea. And then Luke was just badgering him and trying to figure out different ways to get Andy into a tux. And I was getting uncomfortable because if you're, if you're, I'm, at least the way I was listening to the conversation, uh, Andrew was not into it. I mean, did, did no, how did and you he had several that? reasons. Like he didn't want to spend the money because he wanted to buy this microphone, and he also would feel uncomfortable, which I think is enough reason on its own. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this was a tough one. No matter the cost. Um, yeah, and the, we'll revisit it again later in the week. But I was really uncomfortable for Andrew, and I was I was talking to. Talking to the phone, just saying, just leave the guy alone. He's yeah. he's over the tux thing, and it's your idea. And here's here's the thing: Luke wears a tux a lot because he he's called on to do it. He has a nice tux, mm -hmm. and so for him, it's nothing. for For the rest of us, it is a big deal. I rented a tux. The last time I I rented a tux was when I was going to come down to Austin and surprise Emily. Uh, and ask her to marry me. And there was a, um, there was a Halloween party that night, which was a prom theme. So I rented a tux and it was, it was expensive and uh, you know, I wasn't that comfortable in it, but I think I'm, I think I'm more comfortable than Andrew, but I, no one would have been able to talk me into that. That was my idea. If someone mm -hmm. had said, Hey dude, you need to rent a tux and do, I would have said, fuck you. <laughs> I don't have to do well, anything. <laughs> also, I mean, Andrew kept saying, I have this really nice suit. That I like and that I'm comfortable with. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Luke's not going to be happy until this tux thing happens. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Um, well, he did concede that he's going to get one. Uh, I don't. I doubt it. I think. I think he's going to. I think he is too. And really? I'm going to be. I'm going to be mad when I see because him. Because. <laughs> It, because he said, okay, everyone, you're trying to do a Kickstarter and pay for it. I'll uh, just get a tux. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Like he's not happy about it. Yeah. That's one thing that, that still kind of bothers me about the Stens is whenever one of these guys says something like, uh, well, I don't really want to spring for this or, you know, everyone's immediately like, well, let's raise some money for it. That's embarrassing to them. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're, they're, they're not poor. They they make financial decisions like the rest of us. 
you know, that I don't want to afford this. It's not can't afford this. Right. I th- I definitely, I think that it was 90% he won't feel comfortable and 10%, hey, I could get something cooler for the money that actually lasts. Like this is a one day thing that he has to fly into Seattle, f- go find the men's warehouse, do that whole thing and then return it. Mm-hmm. When he's probably only, I mean, the last couple times he's been here exactly one day. Mm-hmm. Maybe a li- he'll be here two days, but still, it's like an ordeal to figure out. Yeah. Um, Luke is a tux terrorist. I think that's, that's mm-hmm. I see that in. Uh... <laughs> also, let's keep in mind that Luke is asking him to go to the men's warehouse, which is probably in a mall on Black Friday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he even acknowledges that's a that's a sedate day to go shopping. It'll be <laughs> yeah. fine. Oh, it'll yeah. be awful. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um, the overstock gold hoarders was the uh, top story. I don't have much to say about that except for that just sounds made up. It sounds flat out fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have doubts that they would actually be like, come come employees. Share in our bounty. I bet it'll be like the executives in a bunker leaving everyone else to die. Right. I've been I've been disturbed with that company for a long time. Um they sponsor Pac Ten football and their their slogan for a long time. I don't know if it still is, but it was it's all about the O. Yeah, it's yeah, so it gross. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like that's like M M&M level sexual and when it doesn't yeah. need to be, you know. Uh okay. what i don't understand is people always say oh you have to invest in gold for you know when everything goes away you know what you need to stock up in water and toilet paper yeah Yeah. gold is not going to save your life food and water yeah eventually gold will be good when society is rebuilt back up enough to have commerce but that's not going to be for years it's not going to be in any of the CEOs of overstock.com's lifetime. Yeah. And I think the stockpiling of anything useful uh, would just lead to you getting um, killed. As mm-hmm. we know from Jen, you need to stock up in in water and SpaghettiOs. Mm. That's what you need. Boxed, Boxed wine. wine. Yep. Boxed wine. There you go. <laughs> Franzia. Um, they reviewed Master of None, which uh, I have not seen yet. Emily binged through the whole thing. I think it seems like everybody who's watched one has watched the whole thing. So I watched three three. last night. What do you guys think? I thought, I thought it was really funny. I think his mom is terrible, but she was the only bad acting that really stood out to me. Terrible acting. So bad. So bad. But his dad was like legitimately funny. He's not a great actor, but he was funny. He had good timing. Yeah. It's well, yeah, watching. I think that his bad acting is kind of doesn't translate to bad acting. It translates to a man that's trying really hard to grasp English. Well, and yeah, and he kind of has this cute old man vibe. Like he's kind of right. adorable. So it doesn't bother me. His mom, on the other hand, is humorless so and terrible. I think uh, he's talked about her in his act before. And, and Are those really his parents? Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, then that changes things. I'm not going to be critical of it. He has used her in his stand-up as more or less a straight person, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it doesn't surprise me that she doesn't have comedy. The, yeah. the dialogue that they've written for her is funny. Uh-huh. 
but her delivery is just is pretty terrible it's, yeah it is it's bad but it's sweet I, yeah i agree with you christy i'm not trying to slag on her i think it's cute and nice that his parents are in the show but it's uh, sometimes it's difficult to watch her and it would be super odd if his dad was in there but they hired an actress to be the right <laughs> yes <laughs> sorry mom you didn't make the cut Ooh, mom <laughs> oh we saw the dailies oh it's just terrible you gotta <laughs> go uh did you guys have anything else for a tuesday before we talk about uh the song no. All right, 1993 okay. song, Arrested Development, Mr. Wendell, another good, oh, good song. Great so song. Good. These are songs that you just don't hear very often, and and you know you don't know why. I guess because they have to play the Eagles one more time on on the radio. You just you don't hear decent music. Um, so uh, Wednesday, 1994, Fort Splaining. We already sort of Fort Splained, but uh, on this show. Uh, there were keys. Uh, one was to make the show tighter, to try to keep the uh, <laughs> keep it, uh, it tighter, tight, not necessarily shorter or write or, down a number. Just write down the number <laughs> minus twenty. And then put in your pocket have, and do that. And have do the that. show be that long. Do that and be that long. Yes. Um, I don't know, you guys. Uh, do, were the shows shorter this week? It seems like they're in back in sort of the sweet spot of like an hour fifteen or so. Yeah, I didn't notice yeah. one way or the other. They seem pretty normal. Um, the other key to the show was more gobbling because uh, Thanksgiving is is coming up. So <laughs> we only heard the gobble once. There was not I more know. gobbling, and it was, was too low. All the sound effects on Wednesday. I, know. I don't know why. What was different about their setup? But I, every drop and every sound effect was too high or too low, and I have no idea why that would happen. Why? Why are you surprised day. by that? Well. Because usually they're either too low all day or too high or they're just right. They, they were all over the place. Mm. I that think they're weird. both playing drops. So I think they each mm -hmm. have their own unique audio problems. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we get double the problems. Mm -hmm. um, there's a dream catcher segment. Andrew describes his dream that he is underdressed. And I think this is a stress induced dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because of some other dummy that he's podcasting with. He's been really... <laughs> Yeah, and maybe that was his passive aggressive hint. Yes, I hope so. Mm. I hope so. I don't think he's that devious, but I I hope that it was. But if it was, I don't think it it uh, took because Luke's Luke, not picking up that subtlety. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't pick up any of it during the conversation the previous day, and he didn't pick it up after the dream catcher. And I'm sorry we had to have a dream catcher segment in vain like that. Yeah, uh, really. we find out that it's hydrostatic pressure. Flooding Luke's basement, uh, which I guess is a fancy way to say uh, water is rising, not dropping. Right. <laughs> he sounds so proud of himself that he learned that word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like saying it. Um, and let's talk about that right now. The 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 water table is rising and he got an email um, either this day or later in the week that said that he's really fucked. Because if the water table has risen into his basement this year, of all years, because it's a dry mm -hmm. year in the Pacific Northwest, that it's only going to get worse in yeah. future years. So this might be the moment when they're standing there knee deep with towels in their arms where they just start laughing. Uh, 
Yeah, well, the sub pump is a good idea, mm-hmm. but what kind of flooring do you put in there? Because the carpet's all is going to mold after a while. Yeah, tile and hardwoods, or is cement. Just, yeah, tile. That's smart. We had a basement and, bathroom in Michigan that would occasionally back up because of the sewer line out to the street, and mm-hmm. we had tile in there, so you can disinfect it. It wasn't gross, and it didn't happen in, that often. Um, but I was kind of empathizing with their problems because mm-hmm. I've gone through a similar thing. Not that bad at all. But having carpet in a basement is the worst idea mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. yeah. The uh, what, what years and years in the restaurant business has taught me is that you're never going to get the mold out of the bathroom. Just spray a lot of bleach. So it's a, like a, a yeah. confidence statement. You know, people smell bleach. We and tried. It's clean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andrew liked to dig. As a child, mm-hmm. I think we found that before. And now that he's found Minecraft, I mean, he's virtually digging, I think, probably. Right. Yep. Yep. All night long um, up in his attic. Uh, Andrew's dad is a dude bro hero. He he made the swastika telephone pole uh, fort. Cat <laughs> and Lewis, of course, we talked about that. Andrew is a smoker. I th- I think... I think if you smoke every day, you are a smoker. I think if you don't, you're probably not. Even if you like smoke when you go out or once or twice on the weekends or whatever. Yeah. What do you guys the medical about? definition yeah. of this that we use for studies, because this is getting really into my wheelhouse, is if you are a regular smoker. It doesn't matter if you have one cigarette a day. If you have it mm-hmm. every day, you're a smoker. One one a day counts it. as a smoker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, th- now we're right up your alley, Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The study, they're talking about the study of people that drink coffee regularly are going to live longer. They have fewer catastrophic health problems. You know about this because your mom is in this study? Yeah. Um, so one of the studies that they, they – this is a huge, huge um, collaboration. So they there's a ner- thing called a nurse's health study. There's version one and version two. The first one started in the 70s, and it's they just enrolled nurses. And my mom is a psychiatric nurse, and she enrolled – early, early on in her career, I think in the the late seventies or early eighties. And then in this coffee study, they also included something called the health professionals follow-up study, which is um, males. So the nurses one is obviously mostly women. The health health professionals one is doctors and and dentists and osteopaths and stuff like that. So it's a huge study with, I don't know, over two or 300,000 people in it. Um, And yeah, my mom's in that study and I'm in, there's a kid's version of it, kids of the nurses, and I'm in that one. So that's a really interesting, there's tons of good results that come out of those studies. So your mom is a regular coffee drinker. Oh yeah. Uh, do, she drinks do a they, lot of coffee. Do, if she's part of this study, is she obligated to keep drinking coffee even if she doesn't want to? I mean, what's <laughs> No, <laughs> no. All it is, is you, you get a questionnaire every year or twice a year. And sometimes they're so incredibly detailed about the sort of things that you eat and drink. Like how many pats of margarine do you eat every day? It's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So you have to, no, some of hungry. this is margarine. Some of this is, is, is suffers from a recall bias. Like uh-huh. who knows how much margarine you're eating coffee, you know, people go get into a habit. So that seems a little bit more trustworthy to me. Like, you know, how many coffees you usually have every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but what really, I don't know what irritated me about Luke's interpretation of this is that active people drink a lot of coffee. That was a strange assertion. Like yeah, people who are doing a lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of people that sit at a desk all day drink coffee to stay awake. So yeah, yeah. There's he he really my mom is really not the most active. Yeah, she's yeah. not. 
Not, not, I mean, you know, not necessarily. She, she does a lot of desk work at her job. So Now, as, the, as someone in the children study, children of uh, coffee drinkers or non-coffee drinkers, <laughs> is, is the coffee drinking the thrust of the study or are they collecting uh, – you talk about all these questions. Are they collecting all this other data so they can draw other conclusions about yes, dietary habits? Yes, there are habits? so many studies that come out of this because okay. they follow you for years and years and years. So every questionnaire is different. And sometimes they focus on alcohol. Sometimes they focus on diet. And sometimes they kind of try to cover all of it. But they ask some of the same questions every year. So it's like, what's your weight? What's your height? What are your habits as far as drinking and smoking, drugs, coffee, food? So like you get a questionnaire every year too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it ask you uh, when you're going to have a baby? <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Just like everything else in this world. <laughs> Never shuts up about that. <laughs> yeah. Your mom has added a page at the end, which is all about when you're going to have a baby. <laughs> Meredith, when are you having a baby? Yeah. But the hockey game's on, so she can't pay any attention to your That's answers. right. She doesn't care. She doesn't care about that. When <laughs> Red Wings are playing. No. Um, the next thing, uh, Guy Fieri, Anthony Bourdain, um, some pretty good slams from Anthony mm -hmm. Bourdain on Guy Fieri. But of course it's, it's low hanging fruit. And Luke, I think said that he was in a Bellingham restaurant and saw a sign that said Guy Fieri had been here, like a little, whatever Guy Fieri does, like a paw print or something, um, up on the wall. Um, I think he just kind of takes food and smears it on the wall. <laughs> that's left over on his hand. <laughs> Oh shit. Well, you know, we make fun, but but I think if I had a diner drive-in or a dive, I have none of those, but if I had one of those, I think I would want his paw print on my wall. Oh, sure. For sure. As I, mean, I understand it. Like, go ahead. Well, people like my mom keep lists and only want to go to those restaurants. Mm -hmm. That and then the um restaurant where he comes in and Restaurant Nightmare, mm -hmm. where Gordon Ramsay Gordon comes Ramsay. in and says, this place is terrible, and then redoes it. Those are the only places my mom ever wants to go. <laughs> wow. I think it's publicity. I think that the, the restaurant pays for him to come. That's the, that's the rumor I've heard, mm -hmm. because they get so much business from it. They try it out. Yeah. 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 And when I, you guys know, I was recently in Florida and we did go to a diner for breakfast and there was a picture of Guy Fieri up on the wall right in front of my face. And I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. But it well, was good. It was course, really good. Yeah. You can find something on the menu that doesn't have donkey sauce. I'm sure they yeah. <laughs> they, they, they cater to the average Yeah, it's person. not his food there. Right. No. I mean, his restaurant can be terrible. Oh, and it's my God. It's terrible. a certain <laughs> class of person um, that goes to New York as a tourist and then goes to, you know, Times Square, Times Square only. and eats yeah. at Olive Garden and in this place. But <laughs> it's good diner food mm -hmm. that he travels across yeah. the country to go to. Yeah. 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 Stuff. I don't know if he's ever been to like Beth's cafe or whatever, but that's the kind of thing, you know, those are the kind of places he goes to. And they're usually, the food is, is pretty solid. Uh, the Anthony Bourdain show that no reservation show. We used to watch that a little bit, Emily and I, and the only thing that bothered me was the title because uh, they would go to these country you know these these out of the way places in far away countries and they would sample local food and they were you know they would really dive in and into the culture and the food but they called it no reservations but trust me you know you're bringing a you're bringing a whole production crew they made a lot of reservations 
So <laughs> that's the only thing that made you upset. That made, Car that made reservations, hotel <laughs> exactly. reservations. Yeah. Exactly. They didn't just show up. Okay. Because, because they, they got to get this show done. So there were a lot of, res- there was nothing but reservations made. <laughs> I think you um, got a little you got- drawn down in the okay. details. I don't, I don't I think did. that's, I think I did. yeah. yeah. Did, have you guys watched that um, stopover show? No. Is that his? Mm-mm. Yeah. It's, I think that's what it's called. It's his new one where he goes into, oh, called The Layover. And he goes into a city like Chicago and he has 36 hours to do, to do all, like eat his way around the city. And he usually finds local chefs that take him to like, take me to your favorite restaurant. And then he finds out the origin of food. Like he, the Chicago one, he um, did the Chicago dog, where it came from, um, why it's eaten this way. And it's really interesting. It's it's very interesting. At least Joe didn't get this guy a hold know? of him. <laughs> he would have had to drink Malort. Oh, maybe he did. Uh, let's see. They Someone was mad. Someone in a tweet uh, was mad and made Andrew mad because they said that, that uh, Andrew and Luke were white-splaining the Aziz mm. show. Did either one of you get the impression? Of course, there were three white people talking about it now, but did any of you, any of you think that that Andrew was unfair to the show? Because he had some criticism of the show. No. Well, what was this? Because I saw, I started watching it after I just started yesterday. So I don't remember what his criticism, he just said he didn't like the second episode. He said and some I of the acting totally was totally understand that. Yeah. And some of it was the people of color. It just happened to be, I guess. I don't know. He did never say that. I don't think yeah. it was about race at all. I think he was had a legitimate criticism about the acting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like think we did. I think what happens is when you really love something and you're passionate about it, and then someone has some criticism of it, you go to the darkest place right away. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, you're a fucking racist. <laughs> like, well, hmm. Back up, you know. Yeah. Just... And I think Andrew had a really good point. It's like we shouldn't not criticize just because, you know, we're white people. It's yeah, okay right. to be able to do that. It's actually kind of silly to not do that. Right. To just give he, everybody a free pass. He didn't say like, Oh, I couldn't get past the accents. I couldn't understand what right. they're saying or whatever, you know. He's just saying it was wooden. So Yeah. Well, and this is what I hate is um well, you know, there's a whole bunch of things I hate, but <laughs> this whole mansplaining and whitesplaining, that's an actual thing. This is not that. No. Yeah. And using that as a term has now, you know, jumped the shark. And it's people made it a joke. It, yeah. And are also, we at peak mansplaining? Is that what you're saying? Is, well, it's also a known trigger for Andrew. I mean, because basically you're saying he's racist and he doesn't get the he doesn't get the show. And that's not what he's saying at all. And it, re- it really bothered Well, because, you know, Jeremy had a thing where someone was saying that he was mansplaining something and oh, yeah. the person just went insane on him. And that wasn't what this what it was. But that's the only thing that it, it's basically the new you're like Hitler mm-hmm. of the Internet. Yeah. You just go from zero to 100. You Yeah. You don't like if if you don't like what the person's saying and they're white, you say that they're white splaining. Mm hmm. Yeah, I feel persecuted as a white male. I, I feel oh, like God, everything, everything is <laughs> against me at this point. Yep, it is. I didn't say that that's a, that, that's a free pass. I said some people. 
All right. Uh, someone named Susie emailed the show about, uh, I think Luke had talked about how aggressive a Red Hook beer ad was and that the the it was as disturbing or dissonant or something. It made him uncomfortable, made him want to turn off the TV as if uh, it was a metal song coming on the jukebox at a bar. Mm-hmm. And this got the metal people upset. There's nothing like talking about music to get people upset in mm-hmm. a hurry because mm-hmm. it's so personal to everyone. Everyone thinks they have good taste in music. Nobody walks around thinking I have shitty taste in music. <laughs> so whenever you say anything, any music is, is shitty or you don't enjoy it. Um, wow. People get upset fast mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I'm not a metal fan and I totally see what he's saying. Like if, if a, and I think the emailer used the word, um, what it, what was the word that Luke used and the emailer used? Uh, offensive or aggressive? Drawing aggressive. Aggressive, yeah, aggressive, right? Well, they tried to say that if they were on, if they were in a bar and like Natalie Merchant came on, that would be aggressive to them. But I think they're they're misusing that term. I mean, I hate Natalie mm-hmm. Merchant, but it's not aggressive. <laughs> It's offensive, it's but not annoying, aggressive. Yeah. Right. Um, mm. It's not, I'm not going to go running out of the HEB because they play Natalie Merchant every time I'm in there, <laughs> but I, I would just walk out of there if, if, uh, if Mastodon came on or something, because it's too aggressive. I don't like it. I'm, I don't have to put up with it. So the terms are just, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? I, I, I have a lot to say that will probably make people really mad because I hate music in general. So I'm going to shut up now. Right. Well, I think that they play this uh, whiny music that's kind of catchy, but just almost on the verge of elevator music because it fades into the background. Mm-hmm. And that's what you mm-hmm. want at a restaurant or a store. But when you walk into a place and it's aggressive music and it's aggressively loud, then it's just kind of a, a turnoff. And you know what? If you like that, then go to those bars. Yeah. I, and every, every bar that has patron controlled jukebox has the same problem. You know, mm-hmm. if, if they have one of those internet jukeboxes that has every song ever on it, that's going to happen. It doesn't matter if it's a metal song or a really, like loud rap song that you don't want to hear at that moment. No, you're never going to please everybody in the bar to your point, Mike, with the, with, with the music that you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I also think they're playing fast and loose with the word aggressive throughout this whole conversation. Yeah. I think yeah. we all know what, the, what, what he meant by aggressive. And I don't think you could call jazz aggressive. I mean, I would call it aggressively unpleasant, but mm-hmm. not aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking of you and jazz during that conversation and, uh, <laughs> And I, I don't know, I think maybe having jazz, putting the jazz on in the car when he knows you're going to be the next one to drive it, that is an act of aggression, is it not? I mm-hmm. don't think he's doing it yeah. on purpose. I really don't. Okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> well, if that's what you have to tell yourself to stay married, Meredith. That then, is. That is. And you do there, that. There's a difference between aggressive and and making you angry. Because when jazz just, if, if I were to turn on my car and... and um been you know jazz rolled like that (laughs) i would instantly be angry but it wasn't aggressive 
Right. Yeah. You're yeah. an angry person though. That's you have a lot of triggers. <laughs> there's a, there's some music. I mean, but the that is a point she did have is there is some rap mu- music that I would consider aggressive. Sure. Mm-hmm. Speaking of rap music, 1994 is the episode and the song is Warren G and Nate Dog Regulate. Another song so that good. You so great. Don't hear played that often and it is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday, 1995. I have not written down the episode titles for Thursday or Friday because I'm not Bobby. So Sick um, brag, bro. Sick brag, bro <laughs> is 1995. Luke is sick and very loopy and I thought very funny in this episode. I think mm-hmm. he was like half drunk on NyQuil and he, he got off some really good spoofs on Thursday. Maybe it was because his um, his filter was down. There's more construction going on in the background. I wonder, you guys, um, when they have their meetings with Steve Nelson um, and Steve has his – he's holding his football and he has his headphones on. Um, <laughs> does Steve say anything about construction noise? I mean, does he listen to the show enough? Do you think where, where he goes like, you know, you really should find a quiet place to do this show? <laughs> It's, this is a big business. It seems very unprofessional that he's doing the show with construction noise. But did you hear it? Because I didn't. Uh, I didn't hear it. No, I didn't, I didn't hear him so much in that episode. But you, you, we have been hearing them on and off. And he is talking about it. So obviously he is, you know, he is doing the show in a house where construction is happening. Yeah. I, just, I just wonder if... if is he defying anyone when he does this or has nobody spoken to him about this? But just a question. My feeling is he wouldn't care. Luke doesn't seem like the type to rearrange his schedule to make other people happy. (laughs) Right. But I, I, I just fear, I fear that that will be part of the demise of the relationship with infinite guests. Oh, okay. If there ever is a demise. I mean, I know we're going to make it to the 3000th show. We have to do that. Yeah. When, Did you guys send in stuff? I have no. not. Meredith? Oh. Uh-uh. I only had hurtful things, so I didn't want to yeah. send them in. Like Gen- I sent Genevieve one in, and but Tony I don't. hosting the show. You know, I, was... <laughs> I don't I don't think mine will be read, but I did what, send What do you got? In. Well, sh- should I blow it now? Meredith, what do you think? Well, if you don't think it's going to be read. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll hold it. Okay. As Mike says, keep the powder dry. Keep your powder dry. Okay. Well, tell us if they and don't then, read it then. Well, because then what will happen is Mike will just send it in and because he's more popular, his oh, will get read. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good point. <laughs> no, no. I'm on the blacklist now. I, yeah, you don't, you don't hear anything of mine get read anymore. It's all over. <laughs> they know I have my, my small bully pulpit over here. I, I, I don't need any. Oh, Mike, I have a funny story about an archivist. Um, Colleen wrote it. She's um, on her sixth week, I believe. And she wrote back and said, you gave me three episodes with Mike on it. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. You have to endure that. Do you want to be reassigned? <laughs> That's really hurtful. I liked her too. Until now. Mm. Now um, you love her. I do. I do. I, I salute her and her uh, commitment to the project. Mm-hmm. Uh more Tuck's talk on Thursday. This is when the talk of the Kickstarter came in. I could really hear in Andrew's voice how embarrassed he was by that. Mm-hmm. And it is so embarrassing when people try to raise money for you when you have money. So <laughs> stop it, everyone. Um, 
What about if you put out your own Kickstarter when you have money? Mm. <laughs> That's just ballsy. Okay. <laughs> That's just commerce, if you if you know <laughs> what I mean. Uh, I, I admire that. That's how they get you. Are you sure you admire it? <sighs> uh, well, not a GoFundMe. I would do a Kickstarter, but a GoFundMe oh, is embarrassing. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, Luke is feeling bad about complaining about being sick because he's really sick on this day when he's listening to podcasts of people that are actually dying or probably dying. Um, he feels like a tourist, I guess. Uh, these, um, I haven't been listening to the shows, the, to the dying shows and just, I probably would have in a different state of mind if I were in a different part of my life, but going through the hell scares with scare with Emily lately, just, it would did not appeal to me to go listen to those cancer shows, but I know people that are and are getting a lot out of it. Um, are you, either one of you listen to the the cancer shows? I listened to Jesse versus Cancer. I haven't checked out the other one, mm-hmm. but I think what Je- I mean, you know, I, being sick isn't a zero sum game. Just because someone else is sicker doesn't mean you can't be uncomfortable and and feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I listening to Jesse's show, I think he'd probably say the same thing. He's he's very much like you know. There are other things in the world going on. And just because I have this serious health problem, it doesn't mean it doesn't minimize anything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's kind of wallowing. Luke is kind of wallowing in his sickness. Yeah, he was he was he was hopped up on meds. So he was probably over, overthinking it. Um, the top story of the day, uh, the Carly Simon song, You're So Vain, is about Warren Beatty. Um it seems like we're about 20 years past where anybody really cared to speculate, but she wanted one more headline. So she came out with mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Sounds like she's uh, been stringing us along for decades. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, like who's really vain, Carly? Um, yeah. Bobby put a long story on the run sheet that uh, he clearly wanted to tell about Marvin Hamlish. Uh, and it's from a movie called how to lose a guy in 10 days uh where matthew mcconaughey asked marvin hamlish to play you're so vain and marvin says it's not one of my songs and bobby says this is funny because he had met and worked with marvin hamlish a few times and he loved himself he was very vain well bobby that's that- a hot dog story if i've ever <laughs> bobby that's your that's your hot dog story and if you ever want to come on in and come in and flesh it out fully We'll we'll try not to get in your way, but the the lead story for me the the biggest fact is that you are a fan of the movie How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. <laughs> yep, that is embarrassing. So, you... well, look at all the shows that he watches. Yeah, he is a consumer of terrible, terrible content. Terrible. It's like he's a sixty-year-old woman. <laughs> Bobby and my mom could share a cable pl- package together. <laughs> Yes, Bobby's postmenopausal I, apparently. I uh, once had to live with my mom as an adult in her house because my condo became a short sale in the middle of me buying it, and um, it was just terrible. And it was around Christmas time, and she watched this Hallmark Channel that I didn't even oh, know was no. a thing every day. And this was in, I think it was in the beginning of November. Every day had Christmas shows. And they were all, each one was more terrible than the other one. 
And she would cry and cry, and it was just terrible. Is she hammered all day? Well, she thinks no. I think yes. <laughs> you can't watch sentimental TV with a box of wine next to you and not cry. Yeah. Well, to be fair, the box of wine is taken out of the box and put in her closet. Just the bladder what? bag. Why? Yeah, because you have to hide it. You do? From who? Yeah, when you're a secret when you're a secret alcoholic, that's what you do. Mm. It doesn't sound like a secret. God bless her. <laughs> no, it's no, she's not fooling anyone. <laughs> or when she always has to go out to her car for something and there's a box of wine in the car. And we have a picture mm-hmm. of that too. Yeah, there's actual yeah. footage of that. Um Luke's Warren Beatty Twitter joke was dissected on the show. Um Luke had a decent week on Twitter. He got off some good spoofs, but but again, usually his tweets are overcomplicated. And this particular if you need to break it down on your podcast, the the tweet, probably probably too mm-hmm. complicated. Um, yeah, tweets with footnotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like go go see this source also, material and then you'll know why yeah. this is funny. Aren't Bullworth jokes like twenty years too late? Well, they they've gotten in the habit of reviewing movies. Um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> some very old movie, and this one had the particular twist where Luke gave it his NWA movie treatment, where he reviewed a movie that he has not seen. Not only is it an old movie, it's an older movie he hasn't even seen. Right. So I'm not defending. Well, it's just Bullworth, coming up but... in his queue. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, oh, God. Um. Luke is going to be working an auction that night, even though he's sick. He's wondering whether he should approach Jimmy Page and what question or what he should say to Jimmy Page. And at this point, I want to say that from all the live wire listening I've been doing, Luke's interviewing has gotten really good. He is on top of his game Mm -hmm. uh, as far as interviewing goes. He's gotten really natural. He's not trying to come up with a super clever question. And even like last night, I was listening to his interview with Jesse Eisenberg, who was being a little bit sassy and difficult with him, but he smiled through the whole thing and he, he worked with it and he rolled with it and he was un, un, uh, I don't know. He didn't get derailed by, a smart ass answer from Jesse Eisenberg. And I was really happy to see it. So um, I I was thinking, I'm sure you'll find the right note with Jimmy Page if you end up interacting with him. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think he ended up really having much interaction with him. Didn't he was, sound like it. he was sick and he was back in the hotel watching forensic files. But how much did you love the um, notes that he had on his script? What notes? I, I can't remember. Oh, it was, the instructions. Don't ask him to play oh, right. guitar. Don't talk about his guitar. Don't look at his Just guitar. And then don't. With the Seahawks, don't talk about playoffs getting better, doing better, Super Bowl. Oh, God. That must have been really hard for Luke to not talk about the Seahawks. Oh, my gosh. Especially when he's giving away a Seahawks super pack as yeah. the first. Like, he had all of these these spoofs planned out and it was like, well, check that one off. Check that one mm-hmm. off. You know, he was probably bottom of the barrel by the time. Well, my, get, my guess the is the reason for that was, you know, the Seahawks had generously, you know, uh, donated stuff for this auction. And then there were probably, you know, if not Paul Allen, but yeah, close, they said, close he to said that Paul level. Paul Allen was right in front of there him. There you go. I mm-hmm. mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's in Paul Allen's house, the EMP. <laughs> right. The EMP is his place. <laughs> so you go in there and start he's telling some good spoofs about the Seahawks. And 
that's not that's that's really not playing to your house so mm-hmm. i think it was probably for the best that he not only got those notes that but that he followed those notes he should have if he should have made a, a joke about russell wilson and sierra though oh boy because mm. <laughs> that's kind of an underhanded way to say they're sucking because he's off in Mexico mm. with that girl. No, I think that's exactly what he should have been avoiding. Think about <laughs> Russell Wilson and Sierra. Um, talking about uh, movie junkets um, and and also, um, you know, the the reporters that try to ask the too clever question um, try to uh, be the story, and it just put me in mind of like Super Bowl Media Day when downtown Julie Brown and her ilk are there. And the story, <laughs> their story is that they're there and they don't know anything about football and they want to come up with some off the wall question. I'm glad Luke has moved beyond that point of his career where he wants to be the guy remembered for asking the, the weirdest question or the most thoughtful question or whatever. That's when you really, really get in trouble. Better that you're like Terry Gross and you just ask the most obvious question and then, you know, give the guest a soulful handy on the way out of the studio. Um, Luke's friend, childhood friend, had a waterbed. What child has a waterbed? I did. I what? I had Why? one. Because your mom hated I it had... and gave it to you? Or, I mean, no, everyone in my family had one. What? Was it like a what? twin size? Did they even make mine? Was, little... Mine was a twin size Lamborghini waterbed. <laughs> It had a Lamborghini like outside. <gasps> wow. Wait, did, oh were you God. into cars? Like why? Yeah. I picked it. Amazing. I just I wanted really what I wanted is to live the life of Ricky Schroeder on Silver mm-hmm. Spoons. Okay. And he had a car bed. That makes sense. So I mean I had a janky one compared to his, but it it was a yeah. Crystal. <laughs> Very nice. How long did you have that? Did you, did you? Oh, way too long. Way too long. Um, into probably uh, my next bed was a futon when that was cool. So I think it was probably <laughs> until I was in maybe 15. Oh, way too long. Wow. So, so you didn't No business actually went down. Oh, uh, Mike, I didn't say that. <laughs> Woo. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have go that far. Oh, Crystal. <laughs> I'm getting the vapors over here. <laughs> little kids with water beds I, I, i'd never heard that before my brother had a water bed i thought it was the creepiest fucking thing it's pretty creepy my, my and- parents had one when i was really little um and i know that they got rid of it after my sister was born because my mom couldn't sleep on it when she was pregnant like it's like sleeping on nothing you know it's there's no terrible. support she slept she was more comfortable on the floor than on this water bed i don't know why she allowed them to keep it for so long um, but i used to love to jump on it yeah, it was super fun for that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Those frames are the creepiest part of the waterbed. They're so creepy they're, and so heavy. There's like yeah. mirrors and little lamps on them. And then there's a million yeah. little drawers underneath to keep your lotions it and your Weighs looms. a thousand pounds. Yeah. And if you ever had to help somebody move, like I helped my brother move a million times, that fucking waterbed, I fucking hate it. You have to, you have to uh, drain it and then you have to mm-hmm. fill it up. And, and, if the heater goes out, which would happen with my parents all the time, it you wake up, you could have hypothermia because it yeah, robs frozen. your body of the heat. 
<laughs> it was a terrible idea. And then I worked in apartments for a long time. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, probably not then, but now you have to have special insurance yeah. if you want to have a water bed. Yeah. yeah. Probably you should just not be able to move anywhere if you have They one. should just ban them. I mean, right, yeah, yeah, assault rifles and water beds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm done with both of them. Uh, speaking of water, 1995, the song Waterfalls uh, with the rap. So and I'm good. glad Luke insisted on that because I don't think yes, Andrew, yeah, was, Andrew was yep. worried about it. So no radio cut there. Uh, Friday, 1996, figuratively Altamont. I think that might be the only title where Lucas put a one of his own corrections to himself in the title, which is helpful because then you don't get sharp shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew takes the reins as the main host of the show, and Luke comes in with the robot voice, which that I love when he does that. <laughs> that was really funny. Now you guys were was... talking about that on the JoJo uh, show. That actually sounds like a good podcast, the JoJo show. JoJo the JoJo show, show. Um, sounds like a morning show. Did Did you ever figure out the the episode that he was talking about where Luke was using a robot voice when he? No, do you know? No, it it rings a bell, but it, like, me too. Was he like calling in from his apartment because he slept remember. in? Or I don't something? remember either. I need to. I need to hear it though. Come on, archivists. Like, yeah, it was the same robot voice that he used. Yeah. Yes, so just the text the to speech thing on the Mac is what it yeah, sounded like to so. me. Well, yeah. Let's get the archivists on this. Is archivist I'm, or I'm archivist? Gonna every I'm going to ask. Uh, you I don't know. Archivist. Archivists. Gets worse. The more you think about it, the worse it gets. But even though you've been pretty personally hurtful to me lately, Colleen, if you have heard that episode with the robot voice, let us know where it is. Well, and if um, if someone wants to come up with a clever name for themselves i would love to hear that too yeah absolutely um jimmy page not only um not only did he speak he played guitar and luke probably could have gotten away with some seahawks jokes but i don't think he would have remembered telling them because he was so sick um the he sounded terrible oh he really did i don't think he's ever sounded worse on the show but i think when when you're in that kind of a thing with the throat and the chest and the cold or whatever, often when you sound the worst is when you're actually getting better. If that, mm-hmm. Yeah. If and he said he didn't sound. feel sick anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He said like he felt fine. You're, you're, you're on the mend, but your voice is lagging behind. The, yeah. Um, this reminded me, his talk about how Jimmy Page was so cool um, and, and so talented and such a legend led such a great life. Reminded me of when he was talking about um, Jimi Hendrix and the time, this was like six months ago, that Luke discovered that Jimi oh, Hendrix yeah. was cool. But, yeah, yeah, Jimmy Page, pretty awesome. Yeah. He was awesome. <laughs> yeah, blinding glimpse of the obvious. Uh, big news, top story, Stubot is back with Infinite Guest. And I was trying to wrap my mind around um, what exactly happened there. Did... The guy who was his, like his position got eliminated is from what I understood. Mm-hmm. And the guy who was his boss has now moved to a different responsibility. And now he is in his former boss's role. Is I that think Luke tried to called? clarify and he didn't exactly say, he said, ah, oh, something like that. Yeah. I think, I think. So I'm I don't think we have the details. Extrapolate there, but yeah. Uh, nonetheless, he's back. Um, and he will take another stint at the at the newsletter. I hope 
uh, even though Andrew was doing great, it seemed like to really stress. Yeah. But, and, and I didn't have that much sympathy for Andrew because I used to do that thing like three, four times a week. And, and he was only having to do it once a week. He was really killing it though. I think mm-hmm. what happened was yeah. he, he wrote a really funny blog post and then he felt like, Oh God, now I have to write a really funny blog post every week. And mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's not that easy. So is- so Stubot back to writing it? I, I, th- I think yeah. that sound like he is going to be back writing. Andrew didn't write one last yes. week. I think when he found out Stubot um, was back, you could just see Andrew's chair spinning as he <laughs> ran away from the response. Does this mean we get Stubot at the 2000 show? I would. I don't, he hasn't talked about it. I don't think Subot's going to be there. What do you think, Meredith? Did they, do you think there's any chance? Mm-hmm. He'd have to travel. That's It's one week away. So that might be a stretch. Yeah. He just got rehired. He should uh, sit tight. There was an email from Jeff in Plano who we need to uh, get at our um, get-together. We need to find out who Jeff in Plano is. Jeff in Plano, if you listen to this show, make yourself seen because we want you at our show, at our party. We can carpool. I'm not that far away from Plano. And mm-hmm. and we can all suck in our guts together because that's what Jeff was writing in about. Um, <laughs> do ladies suck in their guts? I guess so. I mean, I've always thought of that. that as a posture thing. Like that's part of having good posture. And I was a, I was a piano player when I was a little kid. And uh, for yeah. some reason, I thought that if you had good posture, you'd be good at the piano. So it's been a constant, like I've been accused of having ballerina posture, sitting oh. up too straight. And it's, yeah, I mean, sucking in your gut's part of it. It's not out of vanity. It's out of core strength. Hmm. So you you, you trust in that workout regimen yep, that they it's, were talking about? <laughs> it, it's got to translate into some sit-ups. I tell myself that, too. I like that. Oh, so you were right on the page with them. Yes. Hmm. I'm situational with it, you know. If there are ladies around, gut comes in, guys around. <laughs> It's out. Stick it under the table. <laughs> right. I, I, I just try to make it look like a cow catcher on a locomotive when the guys are around. It's a matter of pride. <laughs> um, music for your weekend. Luke, Tom Waits, Downtown Train. Uh, Luke does a Tom Likas impression, which is pretty damn good. Uh, when you have that voice, I think you have to do a Tom Likas impression. Um, let's see. Andrew's. Andrew shows a 1996 song because of the episode title and that spoon, uh, nefarious and Stubot, um, tame Impala. I think it was, a. I didn't write the whole thing down here, but it was somebody's remix of tame Impala's song. Cause I'm a man, I think is the name of the song. Does that make it? it? Okay. I think I got it. Um, and then the proper, Pronunciation. They were talking about Haim. Haim. It Hyam. is. I looked on Wikipedia because I was curious too. I thought it was Haim, but I guess it's Haim. Like the like a like Lahayim. Right, mm-hmm. like Jewish toast or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you guys have anything else for Friday or the week at all? At we kind of skipped over Kid Runaway talk which I really enjoy. Oh, like right. there's a, there's a thread oh, on yeah, Facebook yeah. and I think that really needs to get fleshed out because I love hearing about people's, you know, five-year-olds great theories about how they're going to run away from home. Well, the so everybody go look that, that up on the Stens page. was Andrew saw a TV show where a kid ran away from home and it put the idea in his head. Kind of like when I saw the, the, the unsolved mysteries where a guy robbed a bank 
it just put it in my mind that I was going <laughs> to mm-hmm. eventually rob a bank. Andrew saw someone run away on TV and then he ran away. Um, he didn't get far. I don't think. No, he went and sat by a river, I think right. for a while and it was cold. <laughs> right. And Meredith, <laughs> what, what was your story? Oh yeah. Well, I, it was a theory. I didn't, I didn't ever actually execute it, but I was going, I was probably four because we, we were at our first house that we moved out when I was five. So I was definitely not older than that. And my plan was to pack a bag with some clothes and probably some books and then empty out my piggy bank of change. And then there was this park down the street from my house that had these enormous bushes that you could go underneath. And it was kind of like being in a fort. And I just, that's kind of probably what put the idea in my head is like, I can go live in these bushes for sure. Like they'll definitely protect me from the snow and the rain. And it's fun <laughs> to be inside these huge bushes. And so I was going to take a bunch of bananas. I, bananas feature prominently in this story. Like I thought I could live off of bananas <laughs> mm-hmm. and they, I knew that they were inexpensive and that I could go to the co-op. I knew how to get to the co-op and I could go and use my parents member number and buy more bananas with my change. And I would, I would be fine. <laughs> so you, but you never actually got, angry enough or intrepid enough to run away your coffee drinking mom just had a plan didn't piss you off to the <laughs> yeah it was just a plan okay nope that's no, fine uh christy did you ever run away you should have I, I did. let me just say that right now <laughs> <laughs> i did twice so once <laughs> i was very little probably five or six and um i took a block of cheese yes <laughs> and my blanket and put it in a bag and walked out, ran out and went kind of far. And then it's the darker it got, the closer back to home I got. I don't think anyone ever even looked for me. And then I, till I was just like laying under our kitchen window. Oh. <laughs> and then it got Someone too cold and dark me. and I went inside. But I ate half that cheese. Of course. Way to go. So, and then the second time, um, I was probably way too old to be doing it. Um, I found out where the New Kids on the Block's hotel was, <laughs> and I wanted my dad to take me to the hotel to sit outside and wait for them, and he wouldn't do it. And so I wrote like a note that you hate me and you never let me do anything that I want, and um, got in his car. How old were you? And with Whoa. his car key. And tried to drive myself there, but it was a stick. And so as soon as I turned it on, it like leaped forward or something. Mm-hmm. And then I got really scared and then just like hid in the car. <laughs> How old were you? Oh, probably way too old. Like 12, uh-huh. 13. That's adorable. <laughs> Mike? Um, I didn't run away. I uh, never thought about running away. I had a pretty sweet setup. So, well, except for the time when you um, peed in your shoe, you kind of ran from school. Oh well, okay. Well, I'll tell that one. Um, I was. It was first grade, and you know, like when you're kindergarten, you go to a half day, and then when you start going to first grade, you're at school for the whole day. And I had, um, I had a brand new pair of cowboy boots that I was really proud of and I loved to wear. And I wore them on my first day of school and it got to be like around one o'clock. And, um, I, by then usually I was done with school and could go to the bathroom, but I didn't know that I could raise my hand and go to the bathroom. So I peed my pants and peed all the way down into my boots. 
And then um, it was like, it came to be recess time and I just walked home and I changed my uh, clothes and I threw my boots over the fence in the backyard into the neighbor's yard. They had like really woodsy yard. And so I threw those boots away and then I put on my tennis shoes and went back to school. So I, I ran away from school for about 25 minutes. For probably. a really practical reason. Yeah, for a really practical reason. I'm still heartbroken about those boots, though. They were. Yeah. Really Did you never told your parents? Uh, like I said, I had a pretty sweet setup. My parents there wasn't, were, there wasn't a lot of supervision. Going yeah. there. So they weren't like, where are those boots we just bought you? Mm, no. 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 Okay. He was also a rich kid. I was not. Everyone keeps saying that. I was not. I only had one pair of boots. And of you course, went to private school. Of course, I had a Lamborghini waterbed, but who didn't? I mean, right. yeah. Crystal. That old story. <laughs> yeah. So uh, go to the Stens page and tell your uh, runaway story. Um, how to get involved with the show, a little red bandwagon.com is the place for all things us, Facebook, uh, either the Stens page or our page, personal Twitters, at RL Pape, at Drew McFrizz, at K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S, Kissy Eyes, at Dadstronaut, that is Jeremy, at Meredith underscore Mayhan. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Email us, littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. The voicemail and text line, 802-432-TBTL, 802-432-8285. Housekeeping, um, we talked about Colleen being a great archivist, even though she mm-hmm. is personally very hurtful to me. Uh, who else is pleasing you this week? Um, Jack came up with an idea, a challenge to everyone that if you do 10 weeks, then you're called a 10 of 10s. 10 of 10s. Yeah. A 10 among 10s. Yeah. So at five, you get stickers at 10, you join an elite club and we actually have people that are almost there, believe it or not. I will fly to your city and eat cheese with you if you get to 40 weeks. 40 weeks. 40. Okay. There's another challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so we have 750 episodes archived already. Uh-huh. Um, and only four more weeks need to be completed until my um, superficial date of all the 2009 and 2010 be completed by December 1st. So I'm excited about that. It, it seems like you've gained momentum rather than lost. It seems like there are more people archiving now and more quickly than than ever before. Yeah. Oh, there's an elite team, I would say, mm-hmm. of people that are, are pretty quick. And then also, as a, a few people have pointed out, specifically Amy Shepard, shame works. Yeah, it does. Well, and you put it out on the on the Stens page finally. And so I think that, that really drummed up a lot of interest. Oh, yeah. We got a lot of people signing up for that. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, it's it's really helpful. Um, I just I just was searching it for the robot voice one, but... Either it hasn't been done yet or someone didn't put it in. Go Browns. But yeah, it's very helpful if you're looking for something. And we've put a link out. So if you want to just look at it and look for your favorite episodes or keywords or, hey, where did that drop come from? It's all in there. Um, where have you put that? Where did you put that link on our private archivist page or? I believe so. So if, if you want it, ask me and I'll um, put it somewhere else too. All right. Um, Buy stickers, people. 
I worked hard on them. Go to yes. littleredbandwagon.com, buy some <laughs> stickers and support the show. Otherwise, I'll stop working so hard and you don't want that. Um, Christy, I am more or less done with what I need to say. So uh, you want to wrap things up? Until next time, this is The Next Party. And from the MeUndie studio in Austin, Texas, I love you, Jen. Mm. Are we using Andrew's Nailed It? There was two other Nail It's. I don't have to do it. They said it. That's gonna be. That's what I want your closing to be from now on. Mm, are we using it? <laughs> oh, that was my favorite. Nailed it.